You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio. You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. Fuck you! Those are your last words. Fuck you. Come on, you can do better. Cunt! Your shit are dying, you know that. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to iTunes or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Night gathers, and now my watch begins. Welcome to the Throne Room, the unofficial Game of Thrones podcast, a poppychularadio.com and iTunes exclusive. Poppychula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, July 19th, 2017. I am your host, Brittany Garcia, and Lord Commander of this particular Night's Watch. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap 
review, and dissect the latest episode of the hit HBO series, Game of Thrones. Please welcome my co-host, Aura Careno. <laughs> Yay! Hello! Clay V. Hey! Uh, thank you for having me. And Priscilla Rocha. Hello, hello, hello. Let's jump into our recap of Season 7, Episode 1, titled mm. Dragonstone, and aired July 16th, 2017. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. At the Twins, Aya takes vengeance on the remaining lords of House Frey and later, on her way to King's Landing, meets Lannister men who show her kindness. Bran and Mira arrive at the Wall and warn the Night's Watch of what's to come. At Winterfell, Jon secures the loyalties of House Umber and Karstark as they plan their next move versus the Night's King. At the Citadel, Samwell discovers the whereabouts of Dragonglass and sends word to Jon. While traveling with the Brotherhood without banners, Sandor sees a vision in the fire. In King's Landing, Cersei, in need of allies, welcomes Euron, who proposes marriage to her in exchange for his Iron Fleet. Daenerys arrives at Dragonstone, the home of House Targaryen. Okay, that was probably the longest synopsis I've ever had to read, guys. Um, because <laughs> this episode was long. And it was amazing. good. It was long. And you did a good job. Yes, it was just a lot to put in there. And I didn't want to put too much details because that's what we're going to talk about. That's yeah. what this podcast is about. So <laughs> let's get into it because I'll just keep talking about myself. But that's not why I'm here. I'm here to ask <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I'm here to ask you guys what you thought of this episode, of this premiere of Season 7 of Game of Thrones. So, Clay, take it away and let us know what you thought about this episode. Um, I absolutely loved it. Um, I uh, The show in general, I think, is a masterclass in television and storytelling, and I think it's one of the most engaging stories on TV. And uh, Dragonstone, the Season 7 premiere, was definitely no exception to that. Um, there was no filler. It was all uh, the plot moving forward. I had no complaints. Um, the only thing, uh, I'm still in very deep denial about Marjorie's death, so I'm still holding on to hope that like her wildfire or burn corpse shows up or she just is like the hound or something. But apart from that, outside of zombie Mar- Marjorie, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I have a theory we'll see her again when the, the Night's King comes. We're going to see her body um, or maybe a head, maybe some ashes. I don't know. We'll, maybe we'll I'm see. cool with that. Like, as long <laughs> as Natalie Dormer doing it, like, go for it. Take half of her face off. I just need closure. I think that's what it is. I, I know. I, I'm with you there. Margie was probably one of my top ten favorite uh, characters, and I feel so sad that in the end she barely got out- outsmarted by Cersei. But, oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Everybody was screaming at their TVs because she was the only person who realized but uh, uh, don't get me started I could go on a Marjorie <laughs> tangent for the entirety of this fucking podcast but I'm starting with the next person should have been with us last year it would have been uh, fun to talk about because I was I was so angry about that too mm-hmm. but I mean we didn't go without her We she was mentioned um, slightly in an in a indirect way by Sansa but um, Priscilla how'd you feel about this premiere episode Ah, like it's 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 troubling after like such a like bright like affidavit like from Clay, like with me, I I didn't like this episode. I felt like it was a lot of a lot of setup 
first what's going to happen and a lot of if you've forgotten where your character is, here you go. Like it's a lot of review and a lot of setup. And maybe like the only action y bit was like the my two my, my couple coming back together again. <laughs> the couple that is not meant to be. Wait, Freaking. who's your couple? Oh my god. It's um Ah, I forgot. I'm forgetting their names. the The red haired barbarian hey, and like, my mom. Oh my god! <laughs> Hug me through this podcast right? <laughs> because I'm so about that. Can we? Does every? Do we collectively ship them? Can we make this like just submit this as a thing? Yes. I love, yeah. 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 All right. Agreed. But other, but other than that, I was just kind of like, eh, about this episode. Like, I, I get it. it. It's a premiere. It premieres always start off kind of slow because mm. they give you stuff later on to chew over it's nice yeah yeah no i i absolutely agree with you i think uh it's just a pattern but i do think that where i give it a lot of credit is how it opened up i did not expect the opening we got um i don't want to get too into that right now but that's probably one of the reasons i really thought this uh premiere was quite good Mm. um and you know what it's true i think sometimes some people need reviews because there's they're not as uh I don't want to say, like, addicted to this show, but, like, my mom, you know, she watches it. She's in the older generation. She's always like, Brittany, I need to watch the one before that from last season because I don't even remember the names of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so this episode for her, she was, you know, she asked less questions, which, by the way, is probably the best thing ever. <laughs> so I think the episode did that right, but I totally feel you, Priscilla. I know what you're talking about. So hopefully this is our setup, and then next episode it's just pure action and where we need to go. So... Aura, how'd you feel about this episode? Oh, I'm kind of a little bit in the middle of um, Clay and Priscilla's opinions. Like, I did think that it was a little slow. Um, But I do get that it's about, you know, catching up and kind of um, saying, oh, like, you know, this is where everyone is and this is what's going to happen. Um, of course, I didn't need that because I rewatched all the seasons like three times throughout the year. But, <laughs> but um, I do get it. I do get that's how it starts. And I like for what it was supposed to be. I think they did pretty well, if that makes sense. Like I wasn't. It it only got me more excited. Yeah, I, I completely, I agree with all of you. I think I'm in the middle, too. I don't think this was, like, the best episode ever. I think those are still to come, <laughs> and probably some that we've already seen, because I have been overhyped by episodes, but I don't care, because yeah. they're amazing, you know? <laughs> so, um, this was set up. We're in a committed relationship with this show. It's like you're, you're we're, we're too deep in, you guys. We're, yeah. It, 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 we're, yeah, there's, you know, just too invested at this point. I definitely want to say something. I, I think I agree with what you guys said about the pacing. Um, I do think uh, for people like us who, uh, and it seems like even in the, like, five minutes, I know you guys, you guys seem awesome. <laughs> and uh, we, I'm assuming, and it sounds like you guys watch this show a lot, but I do think, you know, it's a massive cast. Um, not to give the, the writers, like, an excuse or a pink slip on this, but I think at the end, the conclusion of season six ended with Cersei knocking over the chessboard um, completely. You know, she was totally that kid at your daycare who lost. And, um, and I think Dragonstone was resetting the board in a way. It was, this is what's happening here. And we did get 
little uh, tidbits of storylines. We still don't know where Gendry is. I'm not even going to touch that (laughs) unless it's been updated. Um, And uh, like Jorah, I thought was uh, an awesome surprise too. There were little, these little uh, threads from previous storylines where it's been like, I don't even remember the last time we saw Jorah. So I don't know. Um, I fanboy for this show pretty hard though. So I I definitely have rose colored glasses when it comes to it. Yeah, no, I, I agree because, and honestly, it's also the wait. We waited longer for this season, and it's like we know it's premiering tonight. Everyone's getting together with family and friends. You're making some good food, some good wine, and you just want to sit down and enjoy some Game of Thrones. And I think also, aside from the pacing, I think it's also who they focus on if you're going to be interested or not. Because I know not everyone likes every character in Game of Thrones. You know, if you if you like everyone, then you're lucky because you're going to enjoy it. If you don't, yeah. then you're going to you're going to be a little bit bored. Like. I know my mom was falling asleep in the in the tidbits with the uh, the Brotherhood Without Banners. Oh wow! Oh, she, she was falling asleep because she doesn't really understand what's going on, but I do, and I was like really into it, so I loved all of that. So that's a good point. I think the Brotherhood Without Banner is kind of a, a, a deep cut. I'm doing air quotes that you guys can't see right now <laughs> in terms of um, storylines, and it. I can see, I guess from the perspective of like a Game of Thrones fan and not a Game of Thrones fanatic, I can definitely see how out of all of the scenes, when we're seeing that emotional scene with Daenerys and the opening with Arya, how that could, I could see how that could leave some people wanting in the narrative department. Yeah, and I think this episode, they had to show everybody, like everyone to tell us where they are and the next, the next few episodes is going to be focusing on different people. So I think this was pretty good. Uh, for the for the premiere, but um, before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of Game of Thrones, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for The Throne Room and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. So, okay, I got to break this down in sections, which I think Game of Thrones does really well for me. Um, That (laughs) makes my job a little bit easier for you guys, so we can just talk about the things that matter, but also talk about the the smaller parts where maybe our theories can come in a little bit and we can talk about that. But let's just talk about... What happens in the first, like, two minutes of the episode, or maybe, like, three. It's Arya's oh. arc. Mm. Uh, it, we open up with uh, the, our, our most favorite Frey ever, um, Walder Frey. I was bitching because I was like, no way, they did not bring this guy back with the Lord of Light. But um, I think I realized, what was, <laughs> I realized what was going on, and we get a mass, massive massacre with wine and some really great lines from Arya and she just walks off like a badass. But also later in the episode, we get her meeting, meeting, I'm sorry, some Lannister men and a cameo from uh, a singer. 
I don't know if anyone's favorite singer. Can they no. name it? Who? Ed who was Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. I think because it's Ginger that... McGingerface. I could be wrong. <laughs> his, his voice, like, I don't even listen to him, but I know who he is, kind of. And I heard it, and I was like, that sounds too beautiful. And it reminded I, me. It was way too soulful in a way that felt very moderate. Uh, in all seriousness, I don't really listen to Ed Sheeran. I'm not really, like, privy to his celebrity or et cetera. He's had songs that I've heard, and he, he seems to have a nice voice. But it felt very ham. Did it take you out of it? It did. It removed me. And I think that's one of the things that makes Game of Thrones compelling, right? Is that, you know, you're so enraptured in these characters and the storyline. Sometimes you forget you're sitting in front of a plastic metal box because you are in Westeros. And when you have celebrities (laughs) pop in for these kind of fairly obnoxious, I mean, it's like a cameo for the sake of a cameo. And what I really didn't like is there was one guy on there who was just like really weirdly charming. And I would have rather like got more like genuine uh, you're kind of, uh, you know, Which run at the, the mill dialogue from Game of Thrones. The guy who's kind of a, a little cockeyed, and he's like, I miss my dad on the boat, or something oh, like that. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember. I was like, I like that guy. Like, you know, he's, yeah, um, I love that. And it also, uh, I thought it was a really good opportunity for us to see, um, because so many of the storylines of Game of Thrones are focused on power and royalty. Uh, the cameras always really pan really far back. And, you know, we go from continent to continent, storyline to storyline. And some people dislike them, but I really enjoy these quieter moments. I mean, sans Ed Sheeran, obviously. But I enjoy these quieter moments because it grounds the show. And then when something like what happened at the um, finale of season six happens, it's that much more devastating, right? And I think that that's why it's so hard for us to deal with the characters character deaths on this show like i i went back and i listened to you guys' episode where you talked about hodor and i was like oh i feel it <laughs> just oh, held the camera oh r.i.p hold the door oh. yeah and I, and I think that's also what you were saying about the shots that they have the really long and the quiet moments i think i want to add that to the budget with us only having seven episodes this season i feel like we're gonna get increased shots of the most beautiful thing of of like the the scene the sceneries and the castles and stuff and i feel like we got that throughout the whole episode especially when we see daenerys get to dragonstone so uh, it's just gonna be amazing to to see as um as the season goes on yeah i was just gonna say can i ask you guys do you think this that scene is gonna continue do you think she's actually gonna like hang out with the soldiers and have to decide whether or not she's going to kill them? Or is it one of those quiet moments where you're never going to see these people again? I hope the latter, just for, like, the reasons I stated before. But that raises a really good point, Priscilla. I hadn't thought about that. Um, It seemed like the general reaction was not necessarily positive to... And I hate to keep... We're just, like, ragging on Ed Sheeran right now, or I am. <laughs> but the reaction to it wasn't positive. You know, like, it, it, speaking, you know, very honestly. So I kind of hope it wasn't, or I hope it doesn't. But again, it's like, I really enjoyed everything in that scene, except for him. And he wasn't a terrible actor, or this, this, and that. Um, it was, like you guys said, it kind of just removed me from the deep, deep realism of Game of Thrones. It's like, oh, okay. It's I'm like... Billy Eichner or like Steve Colbert, you know, in King's Landing, it's like, oh, okay. yeah, it's like, why don't, why don't you just make Will Ferrell one of the soldiers and have him like <laughs> pop up and like right zoom in on his face? I, I think that's what bugged that. me. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I think that's what bugged me because I I really like Ed Sheeran stuff. So and so and I knew that he was gonna come out in an episode, but I thought it was gonna be kind of like what they did with like Sigur Ross or Mastodon when they came on, and like it was just a background thing where they they were playing something, but mm. either they were so covered up in makeup and they were just kind of like the ice walk the they were bad guys or like they were nothing like they, they they were just in the background playing the lute or something like and that worked for me but this mm-hmm. like it zooms in on his face and then it like kind of stays with him these time in these quiet moments where he's just kind of smiling and there's nothing there but which ah oh, damn like it, it just it just makes me think like i really want a game of thrones cd with his cover of this song <laughs> but i don't necessarily want to see him again <laughs> yeah, I think that was I think that was just a cameo. But honestly, guys, like I I I didn't care for the cameo. I thought the voice sounded beautiful, and it reminds me of like when Bronze always singing too. And I love Bronze voice. So when this guy came on, I think only I knew who he was. My sister was like, I think I know this guy, and my mom was like, Wow, that guy sings really pretty. Like it didn't bother us at all. Uh, I think it made it more humble when when Arya sits there and talks to them, and she's analyzing where everything is there because she's planning on killing them until they show her kindness. Mm. Um, and I don't think we're going to spend more time with them. That is, like, my theory. I think it was just yeah. to show a little bit of uh, humanity in the Lannister army because we can't, we can't assume that everybody's evil like Cersei, even though they work for her. And I think that was the whole point of the, of the scene yeah. for Aya. So, um, yeah. Aura, you haven't really said anything because we've been talking, but how did you feel about that scene and did you like ed or not <laughs> I, I yeah i've been i've been like trying to find the right moment to say like i kind of loved it i'm not a huge like ed sheeran fan but i do like like his music and stuff and i don't know i just feel like it didn't feel like in the moment i didn't feel like it was as forced as like people say it was i just I feel like, you know, it was celebrity um, cameo and it, it, it this happens in TV shows, not just Game of Thrones. And um, I don't know, I feel like it just brought something new to this whole scene. And like, I kind of fangirled a little bit because I knew that he was going to come on. And I knew that um, Macy Williams, the actress who plays Aria, is a huge fan of him. So I was like, wow. I was just thinking like, wow, this must have been really cool to like shoot to like um, film and now all these people are throwing hate at Ed Sheeran because of it and I feel kind of bad. Yeah, I, um, I I wanted to say though that his voice is very, it fits that type of uh, music genre that, that they have in Game of Thrones. Like he also, didn't he sing for um, Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, one of the Hobbit uh, movies, he did like the title track. And it sounded, it, I, it, I think it was the Misty Mountain or the, the Fire one, something like that. And it just sounds so pretty. So I guess I just like that. As long as it kind of goes in there uh, with the, the genre, I'm kind of okay with it. But I also understand what everyone else is saying, too. You know, to each their own. I just yeah. feel bad that he had to quit Twitter because he got a lot of backlash. I think a lot of people were just overly butthurt about this and bothered by it. Like, it was yeah. kind of annoying to me, but it isn't something I'm going to go on and You're going to go and tell him something. something. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to flip a table and how dare you. <laughs> and, and bottom line is, you'd probably, you'd probably listen to the song if it's, like, released already, like, uh, 
um, on a CD or something, I'd listen to his song. That song, <laughs> that song sounded so pretty. I don't even know what it was, but I want it. So. My God, I want <laughs> to cover that song before the season is over. All three of you, and I'll be like playing the lute in the background, just crushing it. Yeah. So. Okay, I have two questions for you guys so we can wrap up uh, Aya's little arc that she had in this episode. So first, she's killing all the Frey Lords. I thought um, it would end with uh, Walder Frey's death, but no, she wanted to get revenge on everybody who participated in the Red Wedding. And she gets that and she says two awesome lines, which are, you know, you leave one sheep, you, I'm sorry, you leave one wolf alive, the sheep are never safe, and tell them that winter came for House Frey. Okay, I want to ask you guys, do you think um, this is the right amount of justice that the um, that the Starks deserve, that Aya is carrying out? Or do you think that she deserves some kind of consequence for this? Because she's just killing, like, she's a little killing machine. She's just going in there and killing people, even if we believe that they deserve, which they do deserve it because they're assholes and I hate them. Um, do you do you think that Arya deserves some kind of consequence for this? Or are you okay with this justice and let her be on her way and let her do her thing? Well, I might be a little biased because Arya is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> so, I don't know. I feel like what happened in the Red Wedding was pretty awful. Like, yeah. it broke my heart. <laughs> and it was it was such a an awful thing to do like it was just so horrible i don't think that she needs to be held accountable like she probably will eventually but i don't think she deserves it i think that what the praise had coming for them was deserved it's divine justice yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no i agree i'm just asking on your thoughts because sometimes people you know they they have something to say like well this character it has a lot of plot armor and she gets to go and kill a house full of people and, oh, other, and not get consequences and that's I'm actually thinking, a really accurate point yeah darks don't have plot armor we've established this with like well, the but, of each one of them each season we, <laughs> yeah well okay that's true but i for me i'm thinking that Right now, she's not getting any consequence, but I feel like her journey to King's Landing and on her way to kill Cersei, something's going to happen there that it's going to kind of, like, wake her up. Because she's kind of, like, on this path of vengeance, which I, I think she, you know, she should, because these people yeah. are awful and we've been wanting them dead. But I'm afraid that she's just, that's all her character is going to be. And I want to see, I want to see her own up to the things that she's going to be doing. Um, mm. And maybe, maybe spare some mercy. I mean, I don't know. Like, it just. I just wonder yeah. what's gonna happen. What yeah. makes me scared it, I, 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 is I, oh sorry, you go ahead. Okay, no, like what makes me scared is that like that that prophecy that like said she's not supposed to die by like her brother's hand, right? Like mm -hmm. Maggie the the frog said this like ages ago. So like I don't necessarily feel like good vibes for like for Arya. I thought that she was going to be with her brother and sister but when she's, she's like north. i'm gonna go kill set i'm gonna go kill Cersei, i'm like no don't do this you're gonna <laughs> die i don't want to see this happen like I, I i think she's the next stark that that that's up to bat here oh are you predicting an, an aria death are <laughs> should we start a mortality pool <laughs> who's, who's, who's gonna die next? No, that's what that's what I'm saying though. I don't I I'm I'm going to make a bold prediction here and say I don't think she might even make it to King's Landing or if she does, I don't think she's going to be able to fulfill I probably the one person she really wants to kill, which is Cersei. You know, I mean it would have been yeah. Joffrey, but Joffrey dead already. So, I think 
I, I need something to turn her attention to the fact that John and Sansa are in control of Winterfell, and I want to see that more than her going to kill Cersei. So yeah, I agree that's with that. Me. When you guys were talking about, um, you know, do you feel like it was justice, and while I do agree with it, and uh, like Alda was saying, the the Red Wedding was like a devastating thing to watch. For me, it was unprecedented. <laughs> it I, it was one of those things where I watched it and it stuck to me like Velcro. Like I was legitimately thinking about it a couple of days later. And I think you, I mean, it's a human reaction to watching like a pregnant woman get stabbed multiple times in the stomach in real time. And all of these characters that we had loved and uh, cheered for and, you know, been kind of annoyed with and, you know, came back to, it was, it, it was devastating. Um, and so for that reason, I remember that and the North remembers, uh, but I, I, in terms of justice, I think it was definitely vengeance. It felt good. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people there uh, who, while swear allegiance to House Frey, may not have been directly involved. It seemed like she cast a wide net. I don't think she like interviewed these dudes one by one. It was like, so what do we do? <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> were you involved in the red cop. wedding? Yes. Okay, you can get. Yeah. Okay, you can go in. <laughs> You're on the list. Go ahead. <laughs> so it feels good. Did I love the scene? Yeah, two words. Yeah, Fucking yep. iconic. It was epic. I loved it. To me, it was probably one of their better cold opens. And you guys know I'm like uh, fanboying for this episode. I think mm-hmm. a, a little hard, but I, it to me, their cold opens when they do use them, rare as they are, are such effective way to just like boom, we're back, bitches. Boom, it was bitches. just Move out it was awesome. Yeah. yeah, no, I I wholeheartedly agree. Even if I am being a little critical, I just. I'm wondering if Aya's ever going to get some consequence for some of the stuff that she does. Because I feel like um, she's the most loved. I think a lot of people claim Arya as their favorite character or favorite Stark even. Probably Mm -hmm. a little, maybe even a little bit more than Jon sometimes. Yeah. Um, So I'm just wondering, like, what's what's her journey now that she's kind kind of a free woman now, or a free young lady, uh, to go and assassinate people and stuff. And are the faceless men okay with it? You know, like, what's going to happen? So I'm interested in that. Um, but is there anything else you guys want to talk about that scene before we move on? Or did we say all we need to say? Well, I feel good. You guys feel good? You feel good? Good? All right. Thumbs well, up like you can see it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if anything, we have more, probably more theories of stuff that who we want her to meet up with or to see again. So, oh, yeah. um, but they just showed us what she did, how she finished it and where she's going. So there you go. All right. So let's move on to something a little bit smaller. We can just probably, you know, breeze through this because it was a very short scene. We see Bran and Mira uh, finally make it to the wall since that was probably one of, like, the last two episodes that they were talking about how Bran and Mira need to get to, um, or get across the wall to talk about the Night's King and all that stuff going on. Um, But we also, I I don't even know if they mentioned this episode, but I remembered that Bran is marked by the Night's King and... I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but throughout this episode, they did mention a lot about how the wall has stood up there and nothing's ever happened to it. I feel like that was a lot of foreshadowing um, about the wall coming down this season, which is a theory of mine. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. And now that Bran has finally made it to the wall, they let him in. You know, Ed was like, how do I know you are who you say you are? And he didn't even, he didn't even tell him who he was. He just said, I know what happened. And he's like, all right, get in here. Yeah, you know, be my <laughs> It was kind of a badass moment. He was like, <laughs> I think, don't even I, try me, dude. Lord Commander Ed is just so fucking done that he's like, you know what, just get in here. I don't even care anymore. Just just get in here. But 
Is that a mistake, guys? <laughs> Letting Bran in with the mark of the Night's King? Because I feel like that's probably a bad thing. But we need him to get over there to be telling John and everybody what is going on. So does anyone have any thoughts about that scene? Or maybe a little mini theory or something that you want to talk about? Or we can just move on. No, just that, that what, you, what you got is spot on. I think that that is what's going to cause the wall to, to, to crumble. The fact that like a bit of his magic is now out there in the real world past Inside the wall. Inside Yeah, that was mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kind of have a little pet theory um, that I pulled from like the Game of Thrones crevices from the internet and parcel together. And it's pretty popular, and you guys may have discussed this on here, but the idea that uh, Bran the Builder the guy who created the wall way, way, way back when so many, you know, whatever Starks ago, uh, is actually Bran and he warged and he affected the time space continuum, not unlike what we saw with Hodor and how he destroyed his brain. And I was talking to my uh, best friend, we were watching this recently and I was like, Oh my God, like what if uh, Bran goes back and he like, is the person who's like, they're coming, build the wall. And he like picks the house mantra and he's like, tell that winter is coming. And yada, yada, yada. it's a little uh, conspiracy ish, but I- I'd be fascinated by that. And I, I think that that Hodor storyline opened up um, like Doctor Who level possibilities that I'm really excited to see pan out. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Aura. I think um, if um, the show goes there with like Bran being Brandon the Builder and all that stuff, I think it's unlikely (laughs) that they will go there. But if they go there, it will be the most amazing thing ever i don't think that (laughs) i don't think that bran um you know i feel like the north needs bran for like all that he can bring to the table in order to defeat the white walkers but i do think also that at the same time he is um causing them some damage we did hear um uh his uncle oh my gosh benjen we did hear hear him say that the wall is has some magic in it. So will Bran, will Bran um, make that magic to go away by the fact that he's crossing the wall with that mark of the White Walkers? I don't know. Mm. I That's think good. It's interesting. Yeah, it's That's a pretty probably... far-fetched one, but like you said, if it does on the 3% snowballs chance it happens, <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh my god. And, and do you guys think that the wall's going to come down before the season ends, or it's going to be the season ender? This is actually the first time I've heard of this theory, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah, I gotta sit this one out because you guys thought about this one way before (laughs) I did. Uh, I think the wall's gonna crumble, like, before. No, I think it's like a mid-season thing. Ooh, girl, that's a bold prediction. Mm. (laughs) I think it's gonna be at the end, yeah. I I think it's going to be at the end, too, only because, well, I mean, we're going to get into the Starks uh, in a little bit, but um, Sansa makes a point when she's talking to Jon about how you're so consumed with, like, the Night's King and stuff that you're forgetting the enemy in the South, and I feel like, yeah, Jon, you need to listen to this priorities because the, the, um, the army's coming, but they're coming, like, really, really slow. I feel like they need to deal with Cersei now, and then that way they can recover, and then they can defeat the Night's King, so... Yeah, I think once the battle with Cersei's over, which I think they will be a part of, um, I think the wall's going to be coming down. Like, just when we think, like, yes, we defeated Cersei, yes, and boom, bitch, here comes the Night King. <laughs> like, with a giant army, which we got a preview of. Or what if, it's, what if it's the opposite way? What if the wall 
tumbles. The, the, and they have to choose, the, like, who to fight or something? Yeah, they have to choose. Ooh. It's just like the three armies just looking at each other confused, like, uh, 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 and <laughs> then like, it doesn't matter what's happening, like, they'll cut them down and then I'll take up the pieces, like, I'll pick up the rest of it. That's what I thought was going to happen. Ooh, that can happen mm. too. I don't. Interesting. Yeah. I'm excited talking... to hear the rest of you guys' theories. <laughs> it's just. I literally one... never considered that. But it does make sense, just in terms of narrative structure. The wall has been. Uh, something that grounds the Game of Thrones mythology. And I think one of the reasons why people like really just have a deep, deep love and affection for the show is because it is so thickly plotted and there's so much mythos and just there's so much to dig into and all these characters have rich histories and their ancestors have histories and so on and so forth. So, yeah, yeah uh, it, it, I think it, it, it shows good things to come. Yeah, like the wall coming down and the big battle. I mean, we saw some undead giants there. I mean, what Ooh. else are we going to see? It's going to be yeah. fun. And I, I saw the undead giant and I was like, you guys what? are fucked. <laughs> yeah, and what did you guys think of the way they shot that? I love the cinematography of the soul night king you see in the cloud. The budget oh. is increased for this season and it looks, they look terrifying. Mm-hmm. I am scared. I am so scared, guys. Like, I don't know what's going to... I mean, I'm afraid for some of my, our main characters because so far, most of my favorites have survived and I'm wondering in this big battle who is going to die here. And um, I have a couple of theories when we get to their section, but um, I, a lot to come and I feel like we have to blame uh, Bran again. You know, we blame Bran for Hodor and now I'm going to blame him for the wall coming down. Mm. Um, poor Bran. And uh, <laughs> Bran. just one... One last question to wrap up the Brandon Mira stuff. Um, in regards to where Bran is going, he's more than likely traveling to Winterfell. Do you think he wants to take control? Because he's legit the heir to Winterfell right now. He's the legitimate son. Do you think he's going to want it or care about it? Or um, that he's just going to be there to do his new job, which is to be the Three-Eyed Raven? I don't think he's going to give a shit about it. I feel like he is, like, knee-deep in this Three-Eyed Raven shit. And he's, like, gone through so far, and it's become this odyssey. And Bran has become this satellite in terms of the the storylines of Game of Thrones. He is removed from everything, but also simultaneously, like, really, really deeply connected. I mean, that scene in the finale with uh, Lyanna Stark and, I think, Rhaegar Targaryen? I don't know if it was Rhaegar or one of them. Uh, Daenerys' brother. Um, but... I, it, I think that, like how the um, Jon Snow is kind of really fixated on the Night King, the coming danger of the White Walkers, I think in the same way that he's kind of seen the bigger picture, he's seen the forest and not the trees, it seems to me like Bran is very likely to follow that same kind of... Bran's on like a monastic path right now of just like spirituality and figuring it out. So I hope he doesn't, uh, but we'll see what happens. Anyone else have some thoughts on Bran, or do, or shall we move on? Um, uh, yeah, I don't think he's gonna go for the leadership and John's place. I don't. I just don't see him doing that. He has a lot more things to think about right now. I see Littlefinger working with that to try and like fuck shit up to try and like be like hey the north you actually have like some like Littlefinger mm-hmm. likes messing with like the power uh, hierarchy and he's doing that with Sansa now so I could see him trying to do it with Bran but man I hope not I hope I, I hope it takes <laughs> longer to, for him to get there 
for the I wonder if he's going to head straight for Winterfell. Mira and Bran have not exactly been at the, like, Ramada Inn up north. It seems like they've been through some shit. Like, hey, well, now they can get a horse and, yeah. like, maybe a cart or something. So they can. And with the way this, uh, <laughs> this show is doing uh, our, their sequences, they are letting time pass a lot, you know, because we got Varys the teleporter. You know, just be everywhere. So, but that's what that's what I'm saying. You know that this show is not letting it drag out. They're letting people go to where they need to go, and we just assume that time has passed. So that's also another question: Is Bran and Mira are they going to make it to Winterfell the next episode or in the next three? Like, I wonder when that's going to go down. So, dude, Mira. I, I remember watching this episode with my boyfriend, and he's like, she's got to have the shoulders of a linebacker to have, like, blood <laughs> in and all their yeah. shit across the huge She's just, like, super track. buff under the tattered rags. And she's, yes. like, built. <laughs> so I'm just glad she's got a horse now. She's going to get a uh, horse. I hope so. Yeah. How so fucking th- exciting was she when she realized, I don't have to carry Bran across yep. the, the globe anymore? <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I, I think and they I, might chill. To me, it seems like after that whole ordeal, losing Hodor, yada yada, I'm hoping they just take like a, a small siesta at the wall and then go to Winterfell. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, and and her losing Jojen too. I, I'm wondering what Mira's place is going to be now that they're back and she doesn't really have to carry Bran around. Um, I wonder yeah. what her place is going to be. Like, is she going to be training with Brienne? Like, that's going to end Lyanna's, uh, Lyanna Mormont. I mean. I mean, oh, Anna awesome. Mormont for president on a complete yeah, side. So let's, let's get into that because um, <laughs> that's the next thing I want to talk about, which is Winterfell and John and Sansa. Um, what's going on with them? And I think we talked a lot about this last year. You know, if you were with us, if not, um, doesn't matter. You probably were talking about it too. Are well, they gonna? Are they gonna um, draw? this line between John and Sansa and turn them against each other because we get a scene where John is commanding, you know, he's doing Lord of Winterfell things. Um, and we get some, you know, Sansa, I don't, I guess she did undermine John in front of everybody and they were talking about what to do next. And in terms of what, of the, I'm pretty sure I'm going to say this wrong, but the Umbers or is it Umbers? It's Umbers, isn't it? Umbers and Karstarks. Yeah, um, the Umbers and the Karstarks. Yeah, they fought with Ramsay, and Sansa wanted them to be stripped of their titles and their castles, while Jon says, no, let them plead, you know, to us, and we're going to make more alliances, thus more soldiers for when the Night King comes. And they, they argue a little bit, but Jon, you know, stands by his decision, and that's that. Um, guys, how did you feel about that scene? Are you, do you, first of all, did you like it? Did you, were you like, Sansa, you bitch, or... You know, did you agree with one of them? Did you see bo- both points of view? And uh, also with that, do you think that uh, John and Sansa are not going to be allies this season? Do you think someone is going to get between them and Sansa might turn on John, Or what are your thoughts? Man, I'm just glad that Sansa stood up and told him shit. Because, like, mm-hmm. Ned didn't have anyone to tell him this. And granted, he was a great guy and all. But a great guy doesn't survive the Game of Thrones. like, Hello. Which is what Sansa told him. She told yep. him that. She's like, I love them, but they were stupid. And I love them. They were dumb AF, that. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay to say that. It's okay to say, you know, what they did. They did and even, didn't even John say that last year when he got resurrected? He's like, you know, I thought what I did was right and I got murdered for it. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I... I completely agreed with Sansa and I was like what are you doing John no you don't give like 
these titles that I, I don't necessarily feel like the Koshtaks and the Umbers, like, are strong enough right right about now, like, in terms of leadership. Like, they have, like, children to defend them and, like, children to stand and say, like, these are the numbers that we have, these are the troops we have. Like, so, I don't know. Like, I'm just... <clears throat> that was a bad decision. That was a real bad decision. Yeah, and, well, you know what? I also saw where John was coming from because I, I, get, I get this. Sansa... Well, her journey's been so different from from John, so I understand where John's coming from. I understand where Sansa's coming from. I just want them to talk it out and have a compromise where, okay, if he's not going to strip the titles of those two houses, maybe give them some kind of punishment. Because Sansa says that. She's like, so we give no punishment for traitors. You know, and it's true. Those guys... It was... It, it's a hard thing. I'm not saying... And, but she didn't say, you know, kill the kids. Right. You know, she's just saying. She's just saying. You know, strip their titles and maybe make them wards like, uh, like Theon when they did a rebellion uh, with the with the Iron Islands and they mm-hmm. lost. Theon was the ward of uh, Winterfell for uh, for Ned. They could have done that with the kids too. So, yeah, I think it, um, it's interesting, and I think this is what makes this show so rich and so fun to talk about and to compare uh, thoughts about. Because really, I, I, this is almost like a philosophical issue. Um, for me, I definitely, I see the point that both Sansa and Priscilla are making in terms of pure military strategy, in terms of geography. Yes, it makes more sense to staff more people and more troops in those places. And the how, uh, the Umbers, the other guys in the Karstarks, they're irrelevant. They're like one kid. <laughs> those people, um, a lot of them did fight for Ramsey and a lot of them are dead. So you, you reason would dictate that their yeah. military's got to be depleted. It doesn't seem like you know, that's a family in full force. And they probably lost their patriarchs. In fact, I think John brings that up, you know. Um, they died in battle, yes. They did. My thing with this is, I, what I think John is viewing, and you guys, just full disclosure, I really, really like the character Jon Snow. I, I love his sense of morality and yada, yada, yada. What I think his issue is, is he is such an idealist and loves the big picture and et cetera, that for him, a lot of times it's black and white. And as we learn in this show, that doesn't work. And I think his death was the wake up call that he needed to realize. Uh, I think he grew up, you know, um, but I, I, I do see what he was saying. Why punish the child for the sins of the father, mm-hmm. you know, on and on and on and on. And as a bastard, I, I, there was like an emotional component to that for him, I'm sure. But I do think that Sansa uh, did undermine him a little bit. And I am all for, you know, females in power. I was raised by women. I was raised by badass covenant bitches who just were really smart and awesome and compassionate. And um, what I think it does is it just calls into question his leadership at a time when it, it, we just can't afford yeah, that. I think so she should have done that on the side. I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah, that's very true. She should have pulled him aside and told him all of this. But, like, I think she's tired of being the woman who has, like, the the pawn in the game as mm-hmm. opposed yeah. to the queen. So, right. uh, I, the fact that she said, like, uh, like they, they're, they're, they taught me well or that thing that she said at the very end about Cersei, mm-hmm. like, that yeah. scared me. I'm like, oh. Oh, no, 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 no. So. Don't be scared about that. No. The thing is about Cersei and Sansa is that Although she's picking up stuff from Cersei, she is still not as cruel as her. She doesn't intend to be cruel like Cersei. She intends to be smart 
in the ways that Cersei is smart. Because you can say she's stupid, but she does kill all her enemies. I may hate that she blew up Marjorie, but she got rid of everything. Ooh, but on the other R. side, but on the other side, now she has no allies. You know, which we're gonna get into. So I think in that scene, it was more about she knows what it's like to be a woman in the Game of Thrones. And I think mm-hmm. after saving everyone's ass in the Battle of the Bastards, she wants to be valued a little bit more. And I think that's what this season's going to be for them, is that I need John to listen to Sansa more and to compromise, not to just be like, oh, don't listen. Like, I'm not going to listen to you. You don't know anything. It's, yes, she does. Like, John knows how to play the military strats. Sansa knows how to do the Game of Thrones. And it'd be mm-hmm. really nice for them to put that to you know, put that together and use that more. And I need John to listen to her. I mean, she did save him. Mm. If you know, she had to, she had she to partner everybody. up with. The, she had to partner up with Littlefinger again, despite <laughs> what he did, just so she could save everybody and get her home back. You know, so yeah. and John hasn't been listening to her. She also said, "Don't do what Ramsay wants you to do." And what did he do? He did what exactly. Ramsay wanted yeah. to do. So just, yeah. just listen to what she has to say and come up with something. Don't completely leave her out. That's my thing. Uh, I, yeah. It's like you can take the girl out of King's Landing <laughs> a little bit. I feel how I feel about that because she uh, has definitely um, learned some Cersei-esque machinations during her time in the Great Game. She definitely is not the same Sansa that we saw knitting and pining over Joffrey and please, mom, it's all I ever wanted. Like I think she's come so far. From that, but um, her character, uh, all the Starks have a, a bit of a, a dark streak, and rightfully so. They have taken a lot of L's, a lot of L's in the Stark family. Oh yeah, Aura, do you have any thoughts on John and Sansa, and do you think that they're gonna grow closer together, or that they're gonna grow apart? Like, what's gonna go on there? Yeah, um, I think they're gonna keep having like arguments like this. I can see both sides, definitely. And that's, oh my gosh, that's why I love Game of Thrones so much. Because it's, like Clay said, it's really a philosophical question. Like, what is the best thing to do? And um, I think that they're both undermining each other. And I think it's going to continue to happen, especially with Littlefinger there, to, like, whisper in Sansa's ear, like, little snake, I hate him so much. Oh, he is the... But is she listening to him? Is that That's, I think, the big question for this season. Will yeah, she listen I, to him? I don't know. Um, I Before the season started, I thought she would. But by the way she was, like, acting with him um, in this uh, in the premiere, I it got me thinking, like, hmm. is, is it really Littlefinger or is it actually her? Um just trying to get all the credit, you know? I don't know. I love Sansa, but I think it's 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 going to be complicated between the two of them, <laughs> between John Ooh. and her. It's going to be good. I mean, we've been seeing this for seasons, but now she's a free woman. She's Lady of Winterfell, and LF, or LF, I'm sorry, Littlefinger did save them, so it's kind of like she owes them, but she doesn't. Like, I don't know what's going to happen either, but I think, uh, I think she's playing him. I think she's trying to make it seem like her and John are never going to get along, but 
that was like in the room with everybody, all the lords there and Littlefinger watching. But right after that they go talking outside, she's complimenting him. She's like, you're really good at this. Like she, It doesn't even look like she wants to rule. She's telling him, just listen to me. I'm here for you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to support you. And you're good at this. Just, mm, you know, just, just I like that, me. that train of thought. Like maybe she did that intentionally to to make him uh, look good, to make John look yeah. good, merciful as well. Wow, that, I'm golf clapping. You can't hear it, but that's a that's pretty solid. I'm, I'm just a very big Sansa fan, but I I mean that's what it looks like. Because what do they do in those scenes? They're always panning to Littlefinger every time Sansa says something, <laughs> and John's like, nah. And he's like, hmm, I can get in the middle. Oh, but what like happened? twirling his mustache in the <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but what happened later when Sansa's talking to Littlefinger, she, like, shuts him down, like, every which way. And he's just like, oh, okay, bye. You know, like, it's just... <laughs> so, um, we also get a little bit more in Winterfell, which is just, you know, the Tormund and Brienne, uh, Brienne thing and Pod gets, you know, messed up. Um... <laughs> Is there anything you guys want to say more about Winterfell? I mean, you can still say something about John and Sansa, but uh, I just really enjoyed the Tormund and Brienne thing. Um, I don't know. Are you guys Jamie and Brienne fans or Tormund and Brienne? <laughs> like, what do you guys want? Jamie and Brienne. Oh, that's like incestuous and like, a, well, I mean, that wouldn't be a deal breaker for him, obviously. But yeah, no, uh, Tormund and Brienne. I'm about it. I'm shipping it. Um, it seems like we're in agreement on this, you guys. We should get T-shirts and yard signs made. <laughs> we need a ship name, though. Tormund and Brienne. Torm. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> Wild, wildly Brienne. You know, like, know we'll, we'll get back to that one. We'll like let, let's beauty. parking lot that for now, and then we will uh, we'll, we'll come back with one of those. <laughs> I should per- with Jamie. <laughs> I like them more together. Ooh, I, I, I enjoy all of them. <laughs> I don't think and like anything is gonna happen between Brienne and Tyrion. I don't know. She looked at him and she got distracted and she hit pot for it. So I don't know. She just looks like she despises him so much. (laughs) (laughs) Stranger things have happened. They still haven't talked to each other though. It's just been him looking at her like with this like glee in his eyes and a smile and she's <laughs> and she's just so frustrated like why but i i'm digging it i don't know why i'm just you're I, a lucky man my soul i was just like so content in that moment and it was like we had pod brianne and tormund who aren't like they're not huge pieces in the great game, but they're some of the best and like my favorite uh, supporting characters. So mm-hmm. I do not know if Tormund and Brienne is going to happen, but if it does, like I am going yeah. to pop a bottle of champagne. Hey, and I don't even mind if it's as slow, and we don't even get like anything till like next season. Like I don't care. Yeah, Jim and Pam, it take time. your time, build it yep. up. It'll be worth yep. it. I agree. And also, if we see Jamie again, I want to see, like, that love triangle there with Brienne the Beauty. Like, that's going to be awesome if that happens. Oh, that is so Three's Company, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Tormund Brienne love triangle. I love in Game of Thrones because they keep killing off my ships, and I just, mm-hmm. I can't. Okay. Who are your other ships, like, really quickly, like, tangentially? Oh, I liked uh, Drogo and Danny. You know, eventually I warmed up to them. I thought they were adorable. Oh, um, <laughs> I know, I know people are like, people are like, oh my god, this, I know. But eventually, like, I 
when I got past it and they were going to make it a thing, I really enjoyed the chemistry with them. How Moon of My Life, My Sun and Stars, yeah. like just romantic. romantic I think those two actors just like lit up the screen. I think yeah, I don't know if anyone chemistry. else. The actual like relationship between them was like a little rapey for my yeah, taste. Like, the beginning, <laughs> yes, but I think, I think later like when Viserys wanted to kill her baby and he was there like holding her and you know, it just just those little things I really uh, enjoyed and um I liked Gendry and Arya if they were ever going to be a thing. And really? And Gendry never comes back. Gendry, yeah. you're the what? first Gendry fan. Oh I think my so. god, wow. Yeah. That was instant. You're, you're welcome, world. Please, right yeah, there. Yeah, that was... I just thought that was very... They were very playful. Like, how he was very playful with her, and she hated it. Like, don't call me lady! And he's like, yes, my lady. And, you know, they were <laughs> real back and forth, very cute. Uh, hmm. So, you know... I can't even think of any more shows because they're all dead. Like, I mean, I don't know. What, oh, <laughs> what yeah. What about um, John and Ygritte? I, I like oh, them, but I didn't like how it ended. Like, how they got into a fight and stuff. I did not really enjoy that. So I was just like, uh, you know. And Sam and Gilly are just really cute to watch. I don't, like, want ship them till, they, till I die, but they're pretty cute. So. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about them. I love how we just, like, <laughs> turn the conversation. I know, the ships are nice, though, because we can keep going for throughout the seasons and stuff and talk about our favorite romances, if any. And I and I do want to learn more about Liana's uh, secret lover. Since we're all assuming it's Rhaegar, I want to know, you know, was she kidnapped and it was, you know, unconsensual, or was it a secret romance that we don't know about? Are we going to learn that? I don't know. I'd be My really is for secret lady. romance, because... To. Didn't the Targaryens traditionally breed like brothers and sisters together? So this would have been very off color for this family and him at that time. Yeah. And we hear a lot of uh, how, you know, how Robert was like, I kill him in my dreams every night. But we hear from Barris and Selmy that Rhaegar loved to sing and he gave money to the poor and he was very sweet and stuff. Uh-huh. So I really want to see what happened at the tourney of Hall, and I want to know what went on there. And I hope we get more flashbacks from Bran. That'd be really great if yeah, we get any of that. So, um, I guess that's pretty much it with Winterfell. <laughs> we got into all the those uh, those ships from Winterfell because, I mean, we're all shipping the same people. And maybe, <laughs> yes. and maybe eventually Danny and John. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what Oh, goes. I know somebody who just ships them so hard. She has accepted it's never going to happen. <laughs> Are you sure it's never going to happen? Are you sure? It's like, mm, I could see her potentially being into that, just because, like, family boundaries and that family aren't exactly the strongest. But him, I think he'd be like, you're my aunt. I'm not. But what if he he doesn't know yet and they fall in love? Oh, that's scandalous. That is a genius. Because we were talking, weren't we talking about how long it's going to take Bran to get there? What if he meets Daenerys before Bran? Or what if Bran gets there, but he's, like, on the road to Dragonstone to go and get some dragonglass and talk to Daenerys? So, you know, it's all about that timing. So It is. So let's talk about that um, real quick, which I really kind of wanted to go through fast because it was so gross. Um, we got the Citadel and Sam. Uh, <laughs> and we got the most shittiest montage ever, you know. Citadel. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, <laughs> I was really hoping that after that montage, there was a reason why we had to see so much shit. But in a way, we kind of didn't. But um, Sam sees, like, a secret door where he's not allowed to go. You knew he was going to go in there. I'm so <laughs> excited to see, because I was talking about Bran and if he's going to be telling us or showing us what happened in the past with Rhaegar and 
Liana and John Parentage, but are we going to learn it from Brand's visions or are we going to learn it from Sam's, uh, Sam's, you know, reveals in the books at the Citadel? So, mm-hmm. I mean, because we just learned about the Dragonglass, which we already knew, by the way, because uh, Stannis had said something. But now Sam knows and he's sending word to John. And we also get Jorah, which scared the shit out of me. I was eating ice cream. Oh my and, god. Yes. And I was like, holy shit. Like, it scared me so much. Um, that was epic. And you know, like before that episode started, I was kind of just like musing to somebody. Like, I wonder what Jorah's up to. Like, I wonder what J-Money's like, been oh, up hi. to these days. <laughs> yeah. uh, so clearly, one thing that really like kind of disturbed me about that thing was logistical. Because I was thinking, he leaves, Danny's like, go, you know, figure it out, and you know, cure yourself, and I order you to. And he goes, and he ended up at the Citadel, and it's like... They couldn't help him. And literally, these are like the only Westerosi people I feel like I've seen read books outside of royalty. Like the denizens, the average person in Westeros is not, you know, flipping. They're trying to live, dude. They're trying to make it through the end of the day. And it, it for me, I want to know, um, what is Stannis' daughter's name or what was her name, R.I.P.? Shireen. Uh, Shireen. Shireen, yeah. I'm really curious as to what alchemical, magical, or whatever process was able to stop her grayscale or grayscale or whatever. I think I have, I, I think I know what stopped Ooh, it. Lay it on me. I think it's the dragon glass. I think really? Like, yeah, because in the book that Sam was reading, it was like if you like zoom in and like actually read like bits of it, like it oh, talks about yeah. eating dragon glass. <laughs> Like, I, I wanted to know, and, like, somebody, like, linked it online, and I was like, oh, shit, okay, let me double-check yeah. that. <laughs> and, yes, it talks about ingesting dragon glass, and it's useful, like, in healing properties. So, if the little folk, or, like, the, the green folk used it to, like, create White Walkers ages ago by, like, stabbing someone with it, like, what stops it from, like, ingesting it and being something like that? And that's why Shireen would have survived because she's at the only place that has a ton of it in the oh body. Oh my so. god. Yeah. <laughs> that <Mind> adds <laughs> up. That is like a re- bravo. Oh my god. That's a really that's a great find. <laughs> and so this so what does this mean? This means that Dragon Glass is like legit our MVP for this episode. Um I feel like I feel like it's done. That's we don't it, have to ladies do that. And gentlemen, we'll see you next week, Dragon Glass. <laughs> I mean and um and this is kind of great that Danny's you know I mean we haven't talked about it which we will you know at the end of the episode because it's very a very small but impactful scene you know Danny in Dragonstone is probably going to be like the most important thing ever we need to go there for various reasons and I think it'd be kind of sad that she sent Jorah away when the very place he probably needed to go was where she was going oh oh, that's poetically but um you know and and with that guys do you think Jorah is going to survive the season or do you think he will die um, because of um, what he has, or do you think he will die later on with like the Battle of the Night's King and stuff if he survives? Ooh, dude, he's gonna die at some point. Like you, you know it. Like you think he's I, gonna die? I think he's gonna die. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I, know when. So but far I think gone. <laughs> and one thing that is kind of disconcerting and points to the negative in this, like is it Shireen or Sheree? Am I saying it Shireen? Shireen. Shireen. Like Eric. Like Ed Sheeran. Sheree. Ginger McGinger. Okay. Uh Shireen, um 
wasn't able to reverse what she had. They were simply able to stop it. It wasn't like ingesting the, the dragon glass, if Priscilla's really awesome theory is true. It wasn't able to undo the damage that had already been done. So in the case of Jorah, we didn't see him, but his arm did not inspire confidence. I don't think that he is like doing great in there. I think what he's going to reappear at one point and he's going to be unrecognizable. I think that it's... Is it Grey Stone or Fiskill? Yeah, he's going to be like just really gross looking i feel like what if that makes him like the ultimate weapon to defeat the knights uh the knights king like what if um their weapons like hit his grayscale and they don't do anything like Like, him in the mountain team up and it's like a body cop movie (laughs) i mean he's gonna probably do some work i think if uh if he's going if they're going to stop the grayscale um i agree with priscilla i do think he will die in battle i don't see him surviving and i'd be kind of sad about that. i don't know i have to make a list of people i don't mind dying because um it's i i love too many of these characters i i honest to god love a lot of these characters mm-hmm. so i'm afraid of the big battle that, that's to come not this season i don't think i think next season but um does anyone else have something to say about sam's uh, journey in the citadel um do you want him to stay there and get more information do you want him to leave uh, do you want more shitty montages? Or... <laughs> I'm curious to hear what Ana has to say about that scene with Sam in the Citadel. Oh, I thought it was gross. <laughs> we were like, you know, you sit, you sit for these things with like snacks and stuff, and you get all excited, and then you get scenes like this. <laughs> and like, well, the soup and the, and the stuff looked the same. Yeah, it was gross. Oh, yeah, I hope you, awful, you weren't but... watching dinner during that scene because it and it also went on for quite a while. I felt yeah. like it wasn't a brief like it, it was like yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quincy couldn't stop. It was the sounds, the what we were looking at, and then um, Sam being grossed out by everything, <laughs> <laughs> which would honestly be me. Yeah, but but um about Jorah, I don't think he's gonna um. I don't think it's gonna die from that grayscale. I think it's gonna die, like he's gonna go doing something heroic for, for Daenerys. Like I'm just, I'm calling it now. Yeah. It's it's he's gonna sacrifice himself for Danny. Aww. Lord Friendzone. <laughs> Lord <laughs> <Yeah>. Friendzone. <laughs> oh, oh, brother, give oh. it up. To him. Okay, so let's move on from the Shudadel, as uh, Priscilla was saying earlier. <laughs> um, I, I am looking forward to more stuff from Sam. I hope we get more reveals from him. Otherwise, yes. sending him there is no point. Um, so I think he, we will get some more reveals from him, and I'm excited for that. Um, so let's talk about what's going on in King's Landing. Um, we got Cersei the mad queen which i'm pretty sure everyone's already calling her you know people keep saying that that's probably what daenerys is going to be but i disagree i think cersei is going to be the mad queen even though she has no relation to the targaryens um guys how did you feel about cersei and jamie's talk about their kids um and no allies and the queen of three kingdoms and also euron coming in here with some sick burns oh a proposal proposal for Cersei and a gift what gift is he going to bring for Cersei that will change her mind okay so I don't I like as for the first part you can tell now what she thinks of Tommen's death and that's really cold a betrayal yeah Yeah. she compartmentalized that she packed that up at a nice little package and (laughs) 
is not dealing with that healthy. And I love Jamie's facial expressions in like all these scenes. He's just like, girl, you crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think he's seeing more and more of the Mad King in her. Of mm-hmm. see- seeing like somebody whose power is making them really suspicious of everything and everyone. One could even argue that Cersei is worse than the Mad King, who only used to make threats about burn them all and this, this, and that. And she really She's did. a domestic terrorist a little bit. <laughs> she killed a lot of people, one of which was Marjorie, which is just, like, <laughs> unforgivable. And I think the most heartbreaking thing about that scene was Marjorie's realization on exactly what was going on, exactly what was happening, what Cersei's absence meant. It was just i loved her to me she was like uh the michelle obama of westeros or like <laughs> just that perfect figure of like grace and and poise but okay i'm on a marjorie tangent i'm gonna reel it back and go back to the issue at hand <laughs> no but like again Cersei, it's he's right he's completely right in that she's only the the, the ruler of three kingdoms right now yeah. and i'm wondering what it means that she has her like soldiers going to like going to Westeros like they're 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 spread out what does that mean for her and her power structure right now Mm. it's not encouraging um I think Jamie's point excuse me was a really sound one we can't go north you know what I mean winter is no longer coming it's here um, and all of these things that have been put into motion over the last seven years, all of these uh, pieces are finally in place. And we're going to get answers uh, to a lot of these questions that we have sooner rather than later, it seems like. I do hope that, the, um, like we were saying, next week, I hope that it is kind of a return to form and that it does pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes. You know, what, what made me interested, though? Was the in the was the the bit where Euron comes into play, coming in looking like he's gonna like dance my Helena with my Chemical Romance? Like I, <laughs> I get that, but like, dude, that V-neck though, like I don't know what's going on here. He's, he's an attractive guy. I think we can. Hey, Euron like is it. fairly crushworthy. Hey, I, I liked it because he came in here and not giving a fuck, and he even talks about where the people he, where he's from are ugly, but mm-hmm. he's there like proposing marriage like i don't care like girl i yeah. got i got the best fleet ever and you're gonna see why i mean hit from last from last season i think it's a big improvement in his dialogue and his presence in my opinion yeah definitely and, and he got a he like burned cersei with both an incest joke and then jamie with an amputee joke that was and it wasn't like in, it strangely wasn't in bad taste though i like literally cracked up at that yeah. that was like such a sick burn yeah. When he, or when he was just, oh, God, like, all of his lines are fucking epic this episode. Like, I was like, bruh, seriously? You, you <laughs> said that? Oh, my God. And you're not dying? I loved it. I, I loved all of it. And I expected Cersei to say no as well. Um, but that just makes me wonder, what could Euron bring to her that's going to secure this alliance? Or the proposal, I'm not really sure if there's an alliance already. Or he gets this gift and then there's going to be one because I do know that, or I, do, I don't know actually, I know that that's her only source of, of an alliance and to have a backup. So that only makes me, see, makes me think that he will get that present, but what is it? Do you guys have any theories or suggestions on what that's going to be? I actually have a theory have about one. this. I think um, if she's not in Dorne, 
he may go for Elena. Because when Elena? you think about uh, proximity and the, the enemies that she has surrounding her, she's not going to go for Daenerys right now. Daenerys has three dragons. She's, like, squatted up. There's no way that that's going to happen. Uh, she's not going to go to Dorne, I don't think. I don't see her sending Lannister forces there. But the grudge between Cersei and Olenna is, you know, years long now. And I think, I hope it's not that, because I think Elena is just amazing, and she's like the queen of shade, and she's just so perfect, and every time she's on the scene, she just crushes it. But I kind of think that that's what he might do. I mean, in terms of doing the most damage or making the most impact, if he brought her, you know, she has enemies coming from all four directions, and he could take care of 25% of that with one person. So that's kind of my pet theory right now. I hope it's not true, but it may be Elena. Okay, you say Olena. I think it might be Alaria Sand that he might come me and bring too. because, because honestly, with the way that yeah, the aura gets me. I I just think it's because, uh, unfortunately, even though I'm on the side of Daenerys and Alaria has allied herself with that, I don't care for Alaria. I think they really butchered her character last season with her reasoning of why she wanted to get back at the Lannisters because, uh, Oberyn, you know, chose his own fate. He did what he did, and he died for it. Nobody was there to kill Oberyn. He went in there, was Tyrion's champion, and he died for it. And yep. yet she, you know, puts vengeance on Marcella, who, by the way, was like Tommen. You know, we didn't wish anything bad on her. I wasn't cheering when Marcella died. I was angry that they did yeah. that to a little girl, you know, and who did nothing. And I was also sad that they overthrew... Um, uh, the guy that was ruling... I can't remember his name, but they overthrew him... Because oh, he didn't want, yeah, yeah, because he didn't want to kill innocents, and like, so Dorne's plot is like just so bad that I really don't care if Cersei kills them. I kind of mm. feel bad because Marcella wasn't innocent, and I kind of side with Cersei on that one. So if he brings Alaria Sand or all the Sand Snakes, that could be something. That's my, yeah. that's my thing. Uh, Aura, do you agree with me, or do you have something to add to that? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's the perfect way for him to like give her a gift that she'll love and for the audience to like ha not have that anymore to like not have that storyline anymore it's like a one-two punch because i know people didn't like i didn't mind it but i know a lot of people did not like the storyline mm -hmm. of the sand snakes yeah like, me i either. know it was it was a thing and i feel like it's just gonna be the best way to like you know kill two birds with one shot <laughs> Yeah, it, it could have been good, but the motivation, I think, was just poorly executed. It was just not good. For there was already so much happening see, in that season, you know? Yeah, I agree. As a book reader, I have an idea, and I hope it's not true. I hope that they don't do this because it's a really easy MacGuffin. Um, in the book, he talks about having a horn that can control dragons. Ooh, girl. And I really hope that that's not the case with this, because that's just, that just makes it too easy. Yeah. Ooh, what if the Night King got it? Ooh, I oh, hope are so. we seeing Ice Dragon? My Ice Dragon. <laughs> Ice Dragon. Yes. Ice Dragon. Oh my goodness. Mm. Well, you know what? That would make sense if, like, they have the fight with Cersei and Euron, and one of the dragons dies in that fight, and then the Kings just brings him back to life, and they get an ice dragon. Yeah. That would... Oh my goodness. I, I haven't even considered that possibility that uh, any of the dragons would be affected by whatever that is. Ooh. 
Okay, so then we get Olena as one, Alaria, maybe the maybe the Sand Snakes, or just Alaria, or all of them. I don't even mind that. And then we have a dragon, <laughs> which is good. And I heard some other people saying that maybe she'll they'll bring Tyrion, um, not dead but alive. Um, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what Euron can do because he's supposed to kind of be like the new big bad as far as a uh, like Ramsay or a Joffrey. So mm. let's see how. But so far, I like this guy, but I don't know how bad he can get. You know? He's like you should uh, like you killed your sibling. I know you should try it. Yeah, like. but that guy. Was, but, but I didn't care about his sibling either, though, because his sibling was a jerk to Theon, and the way he treated him. So I was like, to me, I'm kind of like whatever. You know, if you're a douche and you die, I don't care. But I want to see what he's gonna do to innocent people. That well, uh, that sounds like I'm sadistic. Oh my god, no, I don't. Wanna, <laughs> I don't want to see it. I just want to know like how bad are they going to make him that will make me hate him like I hated Ramsay, how I hated Joffrey. So I just, I'm curious about that because so far, the only thing that, that was really funny was his wardrobe and some of his lines. So I just, I want to see <laughs> whether they're going to take Euron this season. I'm kind of excited um, about that. And their fleet, because they say that the Iron Islands have the best fleet. Um, so I want to see, maybe we're going to see a big battle over the ocean. So that's going to be, that's, that's something I think we really haven't seen aside from Blackwater, which was half ocean or half water, half land. Now, I feel like it was very, like, that explosion happened, and then there wasn't too much thing. So I think you're exactly right. I think seeing a battle in Game of Thrones that takes place in air and via sea, whether it's, you know, the Iron Fleet versus the dragons or any combination. Yeah, like, how are, how are they going to deal with the dragons on the water? Like, what is, what tricks does he have up his sleeve? Like, I'm excited for that. I, mean, I don't think yeah. we have seen that, so it's going to be just some good stuff. And, uh, yeah, okay. So we have two more things to talk about. Um, maybe they're very important. Maybe they're not. But I'm going to start with the one that we probably have more to say about, which is the Brotherhood Without Banners and Sandor. I don't think he really wants to affiliate himself with them, but he is with them. Um, I'm pretty sure they're traveling to the wall, right? Or did I get that wrong? I don't remember. It seems they are like they're going, going north. Yeah. yeah, I thought they were going to the wall because uh, Beric's always talking about, like, well, why does... Or not Beric, I'm sorry, Sandor questions why the Lord of Light keeps bringing back Beric Dondarrion. Like, why? what's so special about you? I mean, I don't hate you, you know, but you're not really special, so why do you keep coming back? Um, it's a fair question. Yeah, and I'm wondering, like, whoa, what if Beric is, like, an undead soldier that we need to defeat the Night's King? And that's why Ooh. they're heading to the wall and stuff. And I'm like... So how does Sandor like fit into all this? Because he's somebody that you know he's like he's like I'm not a knight, yet he's always he was always protecting Sansa in King's Landing, in a way that wasn't so noticeable, but it was to us the audience, not to like Joffrey and them, but to us, he was always trying to protect Sansa. And then he quit and he left, and then he protected Aya, and then he kind of died but didn't. Um, and then he was with these like religious people, even though he wasn't religious, and they killed his entire friend or like crew. <laughs> And he went for revenge with the Brotherhood of Banners, and now he's here. And he's questioning religion and the Lord of Lights. And it's something I think that the audience is also questioning, because there are so many different religions in this show that we're kind of like, well, are they real? Are they not? But the only one that has shown proof is the Lord of Lights, as right. well as whoever the... Um, I'm, I'm forgetting the names here. Whatever brand and the Three-Eyed Raven follow, I don't know if they follow religion. It's is it the, the old gods? gods? Well, that's yeah, what I think so, too, I think so, so yeah. So I then, 
god. Well, then there's there's two there, two out of three, because we also have the light of the seven, which uh, mm. which is so, was terrible. But the one that I think has the most concrete evidence is the Lord of Light with bringing back Beric Dondarrion yeah. and bringing back Jon Snow. Also, and, Renly's death. That I still don't that, have a complete that, explanation that weird for. Shadow. Yeah. So those are all evidence that we have seen since season two, and. We're also questioning, well, why Beric? Beric has been brought back, like, what, three, four, five, six times? Mm-hmm. Why, five, six, seven, eight, nine, okay, I'm just kidding. But he's been back <laughs> so much that even we're starting to question. I mean, I like Beric Dondarrion. His voice is sexy as fuck. Like, keep bringing him <laughs> back. I don't care. Um, get him to read the Game of Thrones book so I can listen to the audio recordings. I mean, I don't care. Yeah, um, if you're listening, Beric. <laughs> his, his voice is just so cool, and I love that he doesn't even have an answer for us. Um, and then we get Sandor to look into the light, and he sees stuff in the light. Guys, I was ready for him to be like, I don't see anything, you dumb cunts, or something. Oh. <laughs> but he, he actually saw, I thought I was waiting for him to fake it, but he, him, who is afraid and traumatized by fire, looked yeah. into the fire and saw a vision what a moment for him and i don't know what this means moving forward but i loved it and do you guys have any thoughts on the scene of him looking into the fire but also bearing the son the the father and daughter of whom we saw in season four when he was with aya i think people kind of missed that um mm. if they don't remember what happened when i and him were traveling they ate with a family of a daughter and a father and yes. they had some soup and I believe the hound, I don't know if he hit him or stabbed him or something, but he took their money and left. He hit him. Yep. He, he okay, he hit him and he stole from them too. He stole the money and left. And we find them there in the house and they're dead because of winter. And he buries them and he tries to say a prayer for them. And that's pretty much where that arc ends. So what did you guys think about the vision in the fire, Lord of Light, and Sandor feeling bad for the, the father and the daughter and burying them? A.K.A. Gravedigger for those <laughs> book readers. He's do you, do you remember in um in Winterfell, they they said that to, that uh, Tormund's supposed to go with the wildlings to a specific like base, like yeah, yeah the wall, something. the one I, that yeah. the Night King is the closest to. Yeah, I think that's where it's like where shit's gonna go down. Where like oh, and, and, this, and, this oh, and I can't wait to yep. talk to you guys about that when that happens. This vision <laughs> points it out hardcore i'm like oh my god no ice falling a, a mountain shaped like what who the hell knows whatever a mountain shaped like an arrow is like but like that no that that does not signal good things for the wall good and things for, for us, though. us yes good things <laughs> yeah, for, the for the viewers we got stuff to watch <laughs> exactly. when he when he said uh i see a mountain i'm like oh my gosh are we gonna see the game ball like oh my god (laughs) and then he's like oh shaped like an arrow i'm like oh never mind (laughs) Uh, hype died down yeah but i thought the um all the all the things with the the father and the daughter that that was all very touching um i thought it was really cute i think that the hound is definitely in this redemption arc he has been for a while now since uh since he came back in season six uh, season six, and um, I think he's he's gonna he's gonna be a big part of the the big battle <laughs> against the dead. 
and I'm really excited for it. I think the um the place that the uh the wildlings were going to protect and the place that um the hound saw on the fire is called Eastgate, right? Yeah, something with East, yes, yeah. you are, you are East, correct. Eastgate Castle, like one of the castles that protects the wall. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really excited about that, too. I'm interested to see uh, how this stuff with the hound plays out. I think um, I completely agree with you guys and that I think the religion of the Lord or the light or whatever that is called is the most compelling of all those religions. And if I was Westeros, it would be the one that I would be most likely to follow because I, I am somebody who deals with facts. And the facts are, you know, like we said, Renly's death and John's resurrection. One thing that I've thought about, I'm interested to get you guys' perspective on this. I'm curious why, you know how Melisandre, they're in the, the, the Lord of the Light and that whole religion, there's the one who was promised, and Melisandre was convinced that it was Stannis, and then Stannis got murked, and then she was convinced that it was Jon, and then yada, yada, yada. I'm wondering why nobody has thought about that from what's, I'm spacing on his name, the, the, the gentleman who keeps dying and coming back. Beric Dondarrion. Beric Dondarrion. There you go. Um, why does no one think that he's the one who was promised? I can't think of any other character outside of Jon Snow who's been resurrected, and that was huge. He does that, and it's called a Tuesday. It's just like his life, <laughs> his day-to-day life. I'm curious why nobody in that religion thinks that he is um, uh, holy. Or it, 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 that's just interesting to me, and I'm wondering if he there's needs, a reason behind that. He needs king's blood. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Beric isn't anything. Yeah, that, that's why. That's why it's also interesting why he keeps uh, getting revived and stuff. But that's probably because his story or his destiny is like linked to. Maybe it's linked to John. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Tormund goes to Eastgate, but also John goes with him, and they all meet up there. And Beric is kind of like a guardian to to John to keep him alive or something like that. Mm. And also now the Hound too, since he's a believer. <laughs> probably, or some kind of chosen guy, too. Um, that could be it. I think maybe Beric's destiny is to protect John. Interesting. Maybe. I don't know. That's the, that's the only thing I can come up with, because those are the only <laughs> two that have been resurrected. So, um, And I'm wondering, too, are we ever going to meet up with Melisandre again? Um, who's yeah. going to cross paths with her? Is it going to be Aya? Is she going to cross paths with her again? Um, where is she headed? Because she can't come back to Winterfell. So Exactly. She's one heading. reason that she went south, you know, uh, and that's where knowing Aya's about going. what just happened in the presence of the White Walkers, logically it would make more sense if she drifted towards the south. So I am wondering if we, I think her meeting up with Arya would be really, really interesting. She, Although she, she does not have a good too. track record of interacting with children and young girls. Like that yeah, and she <laughs> wants to kill the Red Woman too. Mm. So that's on her list as well. So oh Because wow. she took Gen- uh, Genry. Who the hell is Genry? Gendry from Aya, and she said that she wants to kill the Red Woman. And then, th- when she took Gendry, um, Melisandre looked at Aya and said, we will meet again. So, oh, uh, yes, yes! Yes, 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 you are so right. I completely remember that. Um, when was the last time that we saw Gendry? What was, like, his last known location? Season 3. Oh, going to the ocean. Yeah, yeah rowing. Of Dragonstone? <laughs> oh, interesting. Maybe he just did a loop and he's actually still in Dragonstone, just hiding. Yeah. I don't know. He's still <laughs> rowing somewhere I'm out there. Sure. <laughs> he's um, just gonna land in Dragonstone and ha- be like, "What did I land?" <laughs> Look, if there's no dead body, they're pretty much might still be alive, except for Stannis. Stannis is the only one that's, that's dead. Um, yeah. Because also, the, they left open the Hound, 
And uh, they gave they came right back to him like the very next three two seasons because he died I think in the fourth season. So, All right, here's hoping next episode opens with Marjorie. Let's do this. Oh Come my on. god. No. <laughs> okay, we you know, okay we saw the the the, the high sparrow like blow up, so you know she did too. Um, yeah, Gendry, I, I think could be a really could be a player in this as well, only because he is the last living heir of um of Robert Baratheon, and that could come into play as well. So that could. That could be a thing. I don't know. Just a bold prediction that he's coming back, and because I liked him and Aya, so I don't know. And he knows, and he knows Davos too, because Davos is the one that set him free. So, and Davos is like, I, I definitely like and respect Davos. I feel like isn't there a fan theory that subscribes to the idea that Davos is the one who's promised? I have never heard of that one. But that would be really. Yeah, I'm gonna Google that next week. I'll let you know what I That theory. Oh my god. Um. Does anyone else have something to say about uh, Sandor and uh, the Lord of Light stuff? Or are we just excited to see what's to come? I am. That's a big-ass thing to to put into a non-believer. Because, you know, yeah. the Hound was definitely like, you know, fuck the gods, fuck the king, fuck everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And now the game ball better happen at some point. That's all I'm saying. Like, he better not <laughs> die at this, like... Oh, my God, what if they kill the mountain and he's, like, becomes a becomes one of the White Walkers? And then we get to Game Bowl. I feel like he's not that far from a White Walker now. Like, he's at least White Walker adjacent. Because <laughs> he's not looking too he's gonna good. He's going to be undead dead. dead or undead. Yeah, he's, he's not, he's not he's doing too well. Maybe he needs to hit, like, the paleo or something to get rid of that, like, purple skin. That he has. Oh, oh, my God. God. Oh, he's so freaky. But I think that would... With the way this show has been going, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a White Walker mountain. And that would that would be maybe a little bit of fan service, but I'm kind of okay that that's where we're headed with this show because the politics and stuff are almost kind of over. So now we're really diving into the fantasy aspect of um, the show, which is all the oh. magic and the you know good versus evil type of thing. So it might be a little bit easier to predict, but I still think that that's okay. I think we're in for some really nice surprises and probably things we never knew we wanted, but we're gonna get. So. Mm. Super exciting. Um, last thing to talk about, guys, which wasn't a lot. It was just a really nice, like, maybe three, four-minute uh, scene of Daenerys finally making it to Westeros and to Dragonstone. And we get some gorgeous shots of something we didn't get in Season 2 because of budget issues. We just saw Stannis in the dark a lot uh, in <laughs> yeah. Dragonstone next to the map and also doing Melisandre on that map. So I hope yeah. uh, Daenerys has some Pharrell. Uh, mm. on hand after touching everything there uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she goes in there she takes down the banner the Stannis banner and she's just touching the ground and she's just in awe like oh my god I'm here and I think we were all kind of in awe with her I don't think we needed any dialogue except the last thing that she says which is shall we begin I chose during that final Me session too. of this. We have been waiting for this moment. And how many seasons have opened, closed? How many, you know, uh, finales or episodes have ended when the big reveal, with air quotes I'm doing again, <laughs> is Daenerys' progress. Like, right? Yeah. Like, after she left Astapor, it was big. And we saw the dragons and seeing the dragons grow and et cetera. Um, seeing her touch ground in Westeros was, it felt earned. 
which is the mark of really good high quality storytelling is when something huge like that can happen this moment we've been waiting for for you know seven years nearly a decade and it happens and even though you know it's happening and we knew she was uh, Westeros bound it was still deeply affecting um, seeing her and Tyrion and all of them and this new kind of regal you know the clothing that they're wearing and preparing for this role um it was fairly easy to forget about Dragonstone, even though this episode was named Dragonstone. And that final scene, I think you guys are 100% right. I don't think dialogue uh, was needed. Those actors um, absolutely blew out of the park. That is a, a moment in storytelling I'm likely to remember for a little bit. Yep. And with the budget increase, we just saw everything so beautiful. The dragon heads, the doors, mm-hmm. the sculptures, the carving, everything was just so beautiful and i was like i don't remember giant stone looking this good like when sanity is there it's all cold <laughs> and dark but and then that throne though that throne looks yeah. epic it looks better than the iron throne 100 percent. yeah like yeah. i'm ready to see her sit on that and get like all the stills because it looks amazing so um i don't know how did you how'd you feel about that scene i yeah i completely agree with you guys i think it well, the dialogue wasn't, there was no dialogue needed. Um, I ju- it just felt so touching to, like, see her. And you could see, I I loved um, Emilia Clark's acting in this scene. Because you could see it in, in her face. Like, she could barely, I don't know, like, believe it. Her face acting was fantastic. I think she, she nailed it. And you could, like, you could feel it with her that feeling of being overwhelmed of be- that she was there it was it was just amazing and then when she's like shall we begin and it ends and i'm like wait what that's it are you really gonna leave me like this we all just but, go back and withdraw for another seven days i know but i feel like also like how else were they gonna end it like i mean it just it just it did the right thing for the premiere as in like oh shit like yes yes what else are we gonna see here and what what does she mean by shall we begin like who what oh what is it like what's gonna happen here it's just it was so good and i'm excited for like the second episode like are we gonna pick up right there is she gonna go for cersei like oh it's good things priscilla very very interesting yeah great way to kick off this penumulated season we're getting closer to the end and i feel like dragonstone for me symbolically and in terms of you know just the narrative of the show really felt like the beginning of the end and it seems like we are moving into the final chapters um you know cersei like i said earlier she knocked every single piece off of the chessboard and dragonstone this uh, season seven premiere really served to um, reset things. It, it, some weird ways, it almost felt reboot-ish. Like, um, it, it felt like a new beast. Like, all of the, uh, the waiting, um, uh, is over. And now all of these storylines and all these seeds that have been planted are coming to fruition. And I think it's why this show is, like, such a national phenomenon. And things are really, you know, tense in this country. And it's awesome to have something like this to kind of, uh, to talk about and to take our minds off of things and to, to really engage in escapism and just go to Westeros for an hour and get, you know, sucked into this stuff. So I thought the, that final scene was powerful, memorable. It, it They knocked it out of the park. I have no complaints and no uh, criticisms. Completely yeah. agree. I loved that last scene. It was just, it was silent, but 
impactful. And the fact that she stops in front of the chessboard, so to speak, like where everything is drawn out, and she says, shall we begin? That That's pointing to what's the next step for us? What is, like, we, we're finally here in Westeros. What should we do next? Who should we hit up first? And <laughs> that's what I am looking forward to. Ah, God. She's yeah. finally here. That yeah. touching of hers. Oh, my God. Do you guys like that, that she stands in front of the, the map and she says, shall we begin? Or would you have preferred her to sit on the throne and say something? No, 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 no. I think this, they, it, I'm... It, Pitch perfect. Yeah, loved it, I loved agree. it, loved it. Because it made me think, what what are they going to do next? And I'm interested to actually get the three of your opinions on this. What shall we begin? Uh, where do they begin? What is Daenerys and Team East first move? Get some allies. I, I think it's to get some allies and to make their move against Cersei because so far they don't know anything about the Night's Watch and what's going on. But I feel like when they get a visit from Jon, because I'm pretty sure Jon's going to go that way for that dragon glass. She knows about that war, and she's probably going to want to help. But I think Cersei is the first priority, and then it would be the Night's King, in my opinion. Hmm. So, I think they're going to go head-to-head against Euron, and then probably Cersei, and then the Night's King and stuff. Because they're going to need Daenerys' dragons to fight fight that army. Yeah. That's true. 100%. And the White Walkers are honestly like an infection. And I think that the way that they convert or recruit, you can't ignore that. That's a huge factor in thinking about the future of this show. And whereas, you know, the very first scene was the White Walkers and they've been dispersed throughout and we get these moments and slowly over the seasons we began to discern, okay, this is a huge threat. Uh, And it became very apparent to us and Jon Snow specifically in a later uh, series that this is the big threat and everything the great game the squabble for the throne the tyrell starks Greyjoys, errands everybody uh is paying attention to the wrong thing and the people who do know i think are up against something when it comes to convincing people because this is like if someone came to you and was like oh my god there's an army of gothic fairies that are invading or just something that is completely you know uh made up it it would be very hard to convince them especially because so many of these people are poor. So the Night King and the White Walkers, I think we're going to see affect this season and affect this story in ways that we just, we haven't seen yet. Oh yeah, and I'm wondering if John's going to have to bring proof to Daenerys uh, about the, the White Walkers and stuff. So, I mean, because everyone else has kind of seen it, you know, and, and Do- I mean, maybe some others haven't, but they saw John get resurrected and I feel like that's enough proof to believe that yeah. you would believe him that there's something coming. So, yeah. this you know, is a guy I, who knows some shit right here. Exactly, sure. like I've seen some shit. I, I haven't <laughs> been there, so it's just uh, I'm gonna be. I'm excited. I don't. I we're we're making all these uh, predictions and stuff, and I'm wondering what's gonna come true or what's gonna happen that maybe is a twist on what we've already said. Like I'm just really excited, um, and I'm wondering if it's gonna take proof to convince Danny or if Danny's just gonna believe it because she has dragons. I mean. Tyrion, too, didn't believe in anything, and he was like, fine, I guess I'll meet Daenerys, and then he saw the dragons, and you know, right. he believes in her, so, you know, everyone's kind of changing their perspective as they move into the more magical and mystical stuff of Game of Thrones, and I kind of like that, because um, not everyone is there yet, and I want to see everyone get there. And it feels um, new. It feels fresh, yeah. I think, yeah. And that, and that's the, this is like the last arc, I would say. Um, as far as the White Walkers, that's the last arc, of, I think, of Game of Thrones. So I can't wait to see 
what else we're gonna get. Um, does anyone else have anything to say about Daenerys' scene? Um, at all? No, we're good. I think we no, said a lot. We can we can keep too. talking. I know, right? We can keep talking about everything. <laughs> bring up something new. But unfortunately, we already went through everything, and we got to save some for the next couple episodes because uh, yes, a lot is gonna be happening. So. Guys, it's time to talk about the most valuable player. And I feel like I already know Clay's, but I don't know if he's gonna say it. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, but I'm gonna take a guess and say it's Marjorie. She wasn't even in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Retroactive from like posthumously, it's Marjorie. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, I want you to uh, tell me or tell us which character impressed you the most and why. And the rules mm. are to state what which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Um, and also, here's the catch. If someone already mentioned the character you're going to choose, you have to select a different one. So you have to think on your toes. Um, and because <laughs> this is our first podcast, um, I was already prepared, so I'll go with my first to give you guys a little bit of time. And then I'm going to pick on all of you um, in whichever order I want. So it's going to be all a surprise. Right. All right. So for me, guys, I pick uh, the Hound. Sandor Clegane is my MVP of the episode. Um, I think we spent a lot of time with him in this episode. I think we had like a quite a bit of scenes with the Brotherhood Without Banners, and I I enjoy Beric Dondarrion. I love the other guy too, Thoros. Uh, I just love all of them, and I think I just picked Sandor because we saw a lot of good in him before, and I feel like it was there was more emphasis on that now from how far he's come. I think there's always been good in him, but also a lack of faith in anything, in religion, and good people. Um, but I feel like now, after seeing the vision and maybe kind of being chosen, that uh, maybe now he's on the right path. And I'm really eager to see what is going to happen to him. And I think uh, for him seeing visions in the fire, even looking in the fire, because he is scared of fire because of what happened to him, I yeah. think that is a major character development. And uh, that's amazing for the first episode of Season 7. So Sandor Kulain is my most valuable player. Who did you choose, Priscilla? Euron. <laughs> well, I'm so oh, glad I got you to choose My Chemical Romance, the singer. Yes, <laughs> because he's he's fuck. He, he brought the sense of like lightness to like yep. to King's Landing. I thought for sure like King's Landing scenes were gonna be boring because like we lost Marjorie, we lost Tom, like we lost key players, he like things that made it. Yeah, so like th- to have him come and just kind of like fuck shit up, like like and kind of leave it ominous with you wondering what is this character going to do next. Amused me. I loved Euron scene, so Euron for sure. Holy crap! I, I did not expect that. Uh, that was a good one though, because he, like he said some sick burns for sure. He did. All right, Clay. Who is your MVP? Um, I uh, would love to to just shoehorn Marjorie in here just one more time, but I feel like I have ample opportunities to do that moving forward, so I'm gonna keep my Marjorie cards close to the vest. Uh, I'm actually gonna go with Sam. Um. I think that Sam's revelation in the secret Harry Potter part of the library was a game changer, <laughs> quite literally. Um, Dragonglass, uh, for a number of different reasons, some of which we've discussed tonight, is going to be an important uh, part of the story moving forward. And 
I really, really uh, am interested. If I was Westerosi, I would definitely try to be a maester because I love information. I love you knowledge and esoteric shit. <laughs> and yeah, it's like I just I, I love the idea of that, that there's this like dark secret um, part of uh, the library. And I think everybody was kind of interest, uh, you know, instantly interested in that. And it's why, like, things like the last podcast on the left and Forensic Files and all of that is so... It's that, that mystery. And uh, you have to think Game of Thrones is such, like, a, a deep and mature show that you have to wonder what's restricted. Like, what is it that these people who live in just sheer barbarism are just like, okay, that's too deep. That's a little too... So I'm fascinated. I really want to see what happens in the Shitadel moving forwards. <laughs> I love that. That's a great point. Okay, Sam, that's a good one. I like that. Mm-hmm. Aura, who is your MVP and why? Um, I think I'll go with Aria because she's just, she's just my favorite. Uh, I loved her opening scene it just it just stuck with me so much that i just i feel like i can't pick anyone else she's come (laughs) so far from being this little girl who was scared and was pretending to like never be scared to like being a crazy assassin who's taking revenge on her family and i think that's just amazing and you can see in these episodes like also like two sides of her like the side of her that's, you know, a killer and she's just looking for revenge. And then there is side of her with Ed Sheeran, <laughs> of course, that, <laughs> that just is still a kid, right? She's still, um, she's still a kid that... She's a teen, yeah. She's, yeah, she's a she's, girl. And, she, and she's, she's kind and she, she's not all... She's, yeah, she's not turning too crazy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I like that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. I think I, what I like the most about that, too, is that everyone is trying to get their revenge for the Starks. And I think that Arya is the most effective yeah. um, in, in the past, you know, the first three seasons of all the bad that happened. I feel like Arya is getting justice for that while... John and Sansa got justice for what happened in seasons five and six with yeah. Bruce Bolton being there and Ramsey being there and just taking back Winterfell. So I, I yeah. just love all of that. So good MVPs, guys. Uh, that was man. I could just be talking about the show all day. But I lastly, know. guys. <laughs> lastly, guys. We did all the talking. We talked about the theories and how this episode made us feel. So with all of that, I need you guys to rate this episode. Tell me what. Or how good this episode was. Um, with a scale of 1 to 10 silver stags. Or or if this episode was more than 10 silver stags. If it was amazing. If it was perfect. If it was flawless. You may grant it a gold dragon coin. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> and, and if you are a little bit conflicted. The point system is allowed. You're allowed to do 9.5, 8.5. You know, it's just like 850. Nice. You know, just do what you can. And again, I'm going to be nice and I'm going to go first. And uh, just to give you guys a little bit of time. I'm going to give this episode an 8.5 out of 10. I think the premiere was really well done. Uh, everyone I love, I got to see them. It wasn't amazing. It was a little bit slow. But I think it was the perfect setup. And I don't want to judge too happy on this one because i feel like we're in for more amazing episodes that definitely deserve a gold dragon coin this episode wasn't it but it was still 
just as good. Good opening, solid ending, and I'm ready for more Game of Thrones. So, all right, I'm gonna go in reverse now. So, Aura, what is your score for this episode? Oh boy, I think I'm just gonna go for a nine because yes, I loved it. It was amazing. It was. I was too excited <laughs> for this season to begin <laughs> to like not love this episode. But it was a little slow and it was a little, um, I guess, like, it was a lot of setting up, which is okay, but it's not amazing. So, I think nine is pretty fair. <laughs> All right, then. Clay, what do you score this episode? Uh, you actually stole my score, Brittany, so get out of my brain. Uh, I give it an 8.5 as well. Uh, I thought it was really, really good. Um, one thing I do want to say is like an 8.5 on Game of Thrones is a 26 on most shows on TV. Uh, but uh, I was really impressed with it. Um, I like a good slow burn. And I think that yeah. this show has shown that they can handle that. There are some shows like Dexter will have like really long storyline and it kind of, you know, it doesn't always pay off. This show has never left me wanting, uh, which I can't say about a lot of other shows. So uh, it was a great premiere. Um, but I think my biggest critique if I had to give one is it just didn't feel dangerous. You know, I was kind of expecting for uh, the Grim Reaper to come for at least somebody or, you know, well, but I think that that's in the week to come. Yeah, and well, I mean, we did get a really big massacre, but uh, I think it was something we oh, didn't yeah, know. We, <laughs> literally we in didn't. The first three seconds, <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It didn't, it was something we didn't know we wanted until we got it. Because to be honest, it, we just hate Walter Gray. He's a gross, old, Ooh. dirty man that we just, you know, he's just disgusting. And him, his death was so satisfying. I didn't realize how much I did want House Bray to die because they are just as bad as him. I don't yeah, they think all I fucking think... suck. Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, I'm okay with all that death there uh, for them. But I think uh, with in regards to this episode being slow and stuff, I think we're in for some better stuff. Considering the last two episodes are going to be long episodes, we have a 71 minute episode for episode six, and episode seven will be 81 minutes. I love no. that you know this. Oh my god, I'm coming to you guys for all of my TV. <laughs> it's my job to know. I am the moderator. So, <laughs> so uh, we're gonna get some good stuff, guys. I, I'm excited. So these scores have been great. Priscilla, I know you were a little unhappy with this episode, except for uh, the singer of uh, My Chemical Romance. You liked him a lot. So <laughs> did we? Did, we <laughs> did he help bump up your grade, or did we? You guys helped bump up my grade, and this is this is, is stemming from the fact that like the the grade of it wasn't that great at the beginning. I'm giving it a seven point five. Yeah, like okay. it's like passable, and like again for any other show, if it wasn't Game of Thrones, this would be like a ten on any yeah. other show. Yeah, but like it's the season just, finale. But it's just that it's it it feels like it's piecing together things for audience members who don't remember what happened and like later when i'm rewatching this i'm gonna be like okay fast forward all of this i know all this already let's keep <laughs> let's keep going come on let's pick up the pace here i need to know more <laughs> stuff yeah hey i'm with y'all i think all of our grades made sense you know even though we are fanatics we're trying not to give it too much credit um until we get the really big bad episode so i mean yeah. we have no more episode nine though now it's gonna be maybe episode six second to the last episode that's oh. gonna be crazy i mean we don't know um 
But something I feel I like do Joffrey know. died in the second episode of a That's season, true. didn't he? That's true, but then we had the Mountain versus the Viper in episode 8, and the big uh, wall um, fight with the Night's Watch versus the Wildlings in episode oh, what 9. what was that called? When Ygritte died, right? Yeah, something... I don't remember. I don't really remember bad. either. I, I usually know them, but I forget. But yeah, so maybe it's going to be our episode the Watchers 6. of the Wall? Maybe. Watchers of the yes, Wall. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I knew it was something... I know there are people listening and screaming in their head, it's Watchers in the Wall! Yeah, so... <laughs> We're in for some good stuff, guys. It was a great premiere. I'm excited to see what's to come. But now, our watch has ended. Join us next time for a brand new installment of The Throne Room. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for The Throne Room and subscribe. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, what do we say to the god of death? Not, Not today. today. Please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, good night. or good morning, if that's your deal. If you're listening to this uh, internationally or <laughs> before work. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of The Throne Room every Thursday via iTunes and the Poppy Radio archives. For the night is dark and full of terror. Good night. <laughs>